Hello, everybody. My name is Dylan Growlin, and welcome to the new version of the Down to the Point podcast, a podcast by Riverpoint Studios that we have sort of been playing with for, I believe, three years now. Could have been longer. Uh, but it's now the podcast that I always wanted it to be, which was a guest-centric show where we talk to incredible talent in the entertainment industry, in the arts industry, and, uh, hey, maybe some other industries. And we just discuss their story of how they found what they wanted to do, their successes, the struggles, and maybe explaining a couple of things along the way that might not be totally known to the mainstream audience, which leads us to the very first episode here today with Ryan Kennedy, aka Sergeant Fidget, who is a streamer and an actor. Now, you might not know what streaming is, but that's okay, because in this conversation, we get down to the point wink, wink, nudge, nudge, on exactly what streaming is. And we also talk his acting background, uh, how he created the character of Sergeant Fidget, and much, much, much more. So without further ado, let's jump into the first of an ongoing weekly show, Down to the Point, with part one of our conversation with Ryan Kennedy. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Down to the Point podcast, a newer version of the Down to the Point podcast where we're going to be a weekly guest show, which is what I wanted the show to be from the very beginning, um, but just didn't work out for timing reasons, for schedule reasons, and we finally came to a point where the timing was right, and now we can get the show on the road as it was always meant to be. And my first guest is somebody that I desperately wanted to get on the show, Ryan Kennedy, a.k.a. Sergeant Fidget. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. How are you? I'm, I'm very, very good. I'm very, very excited. So Ryan is a streamer and actor. Is that still fair to say? Uh, I haven't acted for about... I haven't really been in the audition circuit for about a year and a half, two years now. I would love to be... I would love to get back into it now that uh, stream and everything's in a really great place. So streamer and wants to be actor again cool is that fair is so, that fair so so you haven't left that behind no it's still very very much in my mind it's uh any actor will tell you though especially in a city like toronto where i'm in it's very competitive very very competitive i've heard i have a few other friends in toronto <laughs> who are fighting upstream especially uh, when you've been out of the industry for a couple of years it's not like you just open the door and walk back in you know <laughs> yeah, I, I can only imagine. That's why I got behind the scenes, even though that's a whole another bucket of worms. Um, okay, so you are acting is pretty easy to explain. You know, I think anybody who's ever seen a movie knows what an actor is. They they sure. perform, you know, the mm -hmm. story on screen and they are your vessel, if you will, through the mm -hmm. story of, of, uh, of cinema, television or even web series in this age. Streaming, however, is more of a recent phenomenon to the uh, the new media market, which I didn't even know that term existed until a couple weeks ago. Can you kind of in the most basic sense, just for somebody who doesn't know what streaming is or even what Twitch is, what sort of is the role of a streamer um, in this sort of day and age? Well, whenever 
someone asked, and I just want to give the most, it's not 100% accurate, but it's the most basic way that I can make someone understand is I tell them it's like YouTube, but it's live. It, cool. Again, that's not 100% accurate, but it gives them the idea because people are like, oh, YouTube, you watch videos and you can comment on them and blah, blah, blah. It's just more of a interactive in the moment experience where you mentioned actors are kind of carrying the story forward where well the streamers depending on what they're doing are kind of doing the same thing you'll get streamers who are more about like the gameplay like the pro the pro players that do the tournaments and all that you're going to get more of a gameplay-esque kind of stream where you're looking for good plays or good maybe they go on like a multi-killing spree if they're playing like call of duty or anything like that we're as if someone who plays maybe more story games such as myself i'm kind of mixing it up a bit i'm kind of doing a bit of i'm trying to compromise or bring it down compromise bring it down to three <laughs> games kind of having a story game maybe give myself a competitive game and still trying to figure out that third slot right now but even then when i'm playing story games i'm the one you know bringing the audience along i'm giving my commentary on the game i'm telling jokes uh, as the game is going on or responding to what's going on in chat so i think that's kind of what brought me into it originally was even though it's not acting it, it still uses a lot of my background and i a lot of my skills that i gained through even through school or just doing plays or short films back home uh, i'm using the same skills but in a different way you know Totally. No, that makes sense. And you kind of answered my question because I was going to ask you sort of what, you know, th there's many varieties of, of, of streaming. The mm -hmm. thing that brought me into it, actually, it was like some some Christmas I was down home and I, and I had never really watched Twitch before and I found Mario 64 Speedrunners. And it blew me away, this whole concept of, holy, holy crap, these guys have yep. broken this game in ways that is absolutely amazing. And I was watching these two guys go back and forth who were milliseconds just kind of sharing the the record back and forth. So you are, uh, I guess, as the the term will go, a variety streamer. For sure, for sure. And if any, especially if anyone's watching this, either now or in the future, whenever, uh, and they're thinking about starting to stream, one of the big things that big streamers will always tell you is it's much easier to grow just playing one game. Destiny, Call of Duty whatever is the game at the time, it's easier to grow a channel by being in just one directory every day. Cause people can start to recognize your channel, your name. Uh, unfortunately, even as a kid, I've, I've always played multiple games at once. I love so many games. and I love to play such a wide variety of games. I knew for me personally, I, I, I could do it, but I wouldn't be enjoying myself and I wouldn't be looking forward to, going live because i'd be like oh man this this new spider-man game just came out but i'm a destiny streamer i'm a call of duty <laughs> streamer so i uh, it's too bad i really want to play spider-man i'm like no nah, this is what i'm gonna have the most fun playing so this is what i'm gonna do now i just had my three-year anniversary uh this past sunday so i've been streaming for three years now it's crazy and i would jump around a lot of directories and that's what I was kind of saying just a few minutes ago where I'm trying to cut it down to maybe like three, maybe sneak a fourth game into a rotation. So I'm still doing my variety thing. I'm not turning my back on all the people who have supported me 
over the last three years, and I'm still giving them the content they've come to enjoy, but I'm also giving a bit more structure so I can hopefully grow a little bit more like and take the advice that all the big streamers give you when it's like, be consistent with your games, but still do. I still want to do variety because I, I, even though I'm really loving Blackout and Call of Duty, which is shocking to literally everyone, myself included, because I haven't played a Call of Duty game since Black uh, Black Ops One in 2009, <laughs> and even then, I didn't play like the multiplayer. Me and my college roommate played zombies. That's all we did. Right. So uh, it's been a the, me playing Call of Duty is very out of left field, but I'm also really really enjoying the blackout mode it's my first br even like the whole Fortnite thing i didn't get into so it's new for me but it's very exciting as well getting a bit more competitive game on my stream it's not something you normally see no <laughs> definitely not uh i think it works well for you i think you're you're dividing like you said you're, you're dividing it up really well to sort of, sort of stick to that variety do what you want to do but also sort of jump into i i guess that consistency that you're yeah, talking yeah. about. So um, I, I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask you about streaming. But before we get there, sure. I, I want to get to know you. I, I know quite a bit about you because we have a little bit of a storied past, if you will, through through yeah. acting and, and film and such. Um, where did you originally grow up? You don't have to go into the specific details, but where, where did you where'd you come from? Uh, what do you call home? Very, very small, small country in uh, Nova Scotia. I moved around a bit. I like my elementary school was on a busy year was a school of 60 kids out in the country. Yeah. And then I moved to a, a small town for junior high and high school. And then I was in Halifax, which is the only city in Nova Scotia. Like technically, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's technically the only like city. Oh yeah. You get like towns and stuff like that, but I lived there for, and that's where I met you and worked with you on a few different projects, went to school there and now uh, I'm over in Toronto. I came here after I graduated acting school in 2012 and then came to Toronto in January of 2014 to pursue more acting stuff here and did the audition circuit uh, uh, for a couple of years. And then eventually uh, me and my agent, what was it? It would have been a year and a half ago. We parted ways, which was unfortunate, but it was also one of those things that I kind of saw it coming for like the uh, the whole year before it finally happened. Right. And once that finally happened, I was like, I still really love acting. I would really like to continue it. But at that time, uh, I wasn't really getting the auditions I was kind of hoping for. Uh, any actor will love any audition. Absolutely. I'm not trying to sound like ungrateful. Like anytime I got any sort of audition, I was very happy. But for the last like, eight months to a year with that agency i stopped getting you know tv shows and film auditions and instead it was the auditions where you walk in you don't say a word they take your photo and then you leave you know it wasn't really, really rewarding anymore right. for me so i was in a in terms of confidence i was at a very very low point with the acting stuff which is why at the time i was still i was doing twitch i was about a year and a half into twitch at that time I was like, I really want to make Twitch a thing. I think I it would work really well with the acting career because also at the time I was like many actors, I was bartending. So anytime auditions came up, I had to give up a shift, which was unfortunate because you were giving up a paid day to go audition for something that the odds are very much against you, no matter how 
good you are that you're going to get the part. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so that was really tough. So I just decided at the time to kind of take a step back, focus on Twitch, get it to a good place. And right now it's actually in a, a very, very, very amazing place. I'm constantly blown away by how supportive and just wonderful the community is that I have, especially as I've grown as a variety streamer, I'm lucky in the sense that I've gone into completely random directories. I've gone into directories where I'm literally the only streamer there, but I still (laughs) see the same faces pretty much every single day in chat. Even if they just pop in to say, hi, I'm very, very lucky in that sense that the community is in that sort of place. But now that it's in that kind of place, I would really like to get back into the acting stuff. I, I really miss it. I really, really do. I miss even just like working on audition pieces, getting into the mindset of a character, picking it apart. Maybe they're doing this. Maybe they're doing that. Maybe they're thinking about this, but what if they did this? They could go do that. And then having like 15 ideas and be like, all right, for this audition, I have to choose one. Let's just hope it's the best one. That's just a hope. And, but you never know. And it's that it, you never know. You could do something completely accidental and they were like, that's the character. That yeah. was it right there. And that's what made it so exciting. It, there was no, you know, right or wrong answer. It wasn't like a test that you study for and you go in or like you do a big, a basic kind of interview where you come up with like, if a customer was upset, what would you do? It's none of that kind of stuff. It's I miss the gen, like the truth behind all of it. I really, really miss it. It's, it's, I'm glad you said that. Cause you know, we, we've worked on, um, I guess two projects. You were also on that Chelsea Camo short. Yes. Yeah, I've worked yeah. on two where you were directing. Right. Yes. And then I, I was shooting that one. I think that's yeah. the day that I dropped the camera on the ground. Yes, uh, it was. Yeah. Yes. Were you there for that? Yes, I was. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that was a scary couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, funny enough, the lens was the only thing that really broke. So anyways, um, so uh, it's funny you, you kind of describe your process and acting like that, because that's the one thing I always loved about working with you, because we, we did a web series for school that was about... Uh, it was basically the office if it was a studio trying to film a movie featuring a wrestler fighting zombies, but then an actual uh-huh. zombie outbreak starts. <laughs> and you were the 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 you yeah. were the production assistant, right? That yeah, was your yeah. character. Yeah, <laughs> and I forget I, his actual name, but he was the PA. Yeah, wasn't it Pat or something? I don't think it was Pat. Was it? I can't it remember. Could, it could be. It very well could be. But how long has it been since we've done that? Five, six years. I think it was longer. I think that was in like 2011. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but we did that and that was fun. Um, that, the, the basic chaos of that was that, you know, you have a uh, classroom full of um, eager students all trying to write and direct a web series together. It's, it's quite a phenomenon. It, it would probably be a good reality show on its own. But it the thing be. that me and you really worked on, I'd say closely, um, more closely than, than that, was, was Ageless, the short film that we did. Where for you sure. played the the lead villain, um, searching for a a girl who we find out has this sort of power that he wants to take advantage of. Um, but the reason I, I bring bring this up is because your your kind of style of acting that sort of well, let's look at this fifteen different ways and see what 
what might work the best mm-hmm. is what I love about directing. And I think I'm in the same boat as you where I can do these other projects. Like I've done television, which I, I really very much enjoy. I've done YouTube videos. I've done, you know, stuff like this. But there is something about that draw getting into directing, which I think will relate to what you were talking about at acting and figuring out what the hell these people are, what they do and why that is almost addicting in a good sense. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's very, you get obsessive over these characters and it's so much fun. I think what I loved about working with you on that short, even though, you know, your role was really only in one room, uh, was that you very much took that on and we were like, Oh yeah, well, why would he do this? Yeah. Good point. Well, let's have him do this and all that stuff. It was very fun. What, aside from those two things that I just mentioned, at a short film where I dropped a $10,000 camera on the ground, um, what, what, well, I, it's, in my defense, I used my foot to try and stop the fall, which caused it to bounce. You did what you the, could. Yeah, I did, you what, did what you could. <laughs> oh, boy. Lessons learned. Um, <laughs> what else kind of uh, were you doing in the acting space here in Nova Scotia before you took off to Toronto? I was uh, mostly auditioning for TV and film. I auditioned for the odd theater thing here and there, and I did a fringe show. But my focus was definitely on film and TV because even as a kid, I always knew I wanted to do some sort of entertaining thing, but I didn't know what it was Right. as a kid. But I knew I always loved film and TV, I would just, I'd watch the same movies over and over and over again. And there's that whole experience of going to the movies and seeing the big movie on the TV or on the TV, on the big screen. And, you know, the popcorn and all the audience is around you. I remember when we screened uh, Ageless at the film festival that it was in. Oh, yeah. You won an award that night. I did. We did. I did win an award that right um what was it it's right here actually upcoming actor oh you have it oh my god yeah i'm looking right at it it's right there on the wall that's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah it's hanging up right there um i i remember before i i'm i hate watching myself whenever i have to go through like a vod which for those who don't know but it's basically my stream just recorded that's where like it's a youtube video essentially Mm -hmm. afterwards but all your streams are recorded whenever i have to go back and uh do something i always mute it even though everyone tells me not to because i just can't stand watching or listening to myself you've never heard an actor say that before i know um oh i've heard many of them (laughs) so when we were waiting for the the films to start i was excited because i was finally getting that experience of like oh my god i was a part of something that I'm about to watch on a movie theater. This is like childhood dream come true. I'm excited and freaking out, but at the same time, I'm going to have to watch myself on a massive screen. There's nowhere for me to go. I hate this at the same time. <laughs> Get me out of here. I'm excited, but can I just, can I just watch like this? Right. Just close my eyes the whole time. Well, whenever I, uh, I remember I had the same exact feeling you did because we had to go in, I think the day before to test the the footage um to make sure it was it running froze. it froze oh my it? god <laughs> i forgot about that it yeah froze. <laughs> well i'm gonna get to that in a second um <laughs> when when i saw it for the first time on a theater it was like it blew me away because i'm the same as you i was like my entire childhood was theaters popcorn movies and it just mm-hmm. took over all my senses in this incredible way which is why i got into film but i had that sort of just childlike wonder 
about a thing that we did in the same sense of like, holy shit, we just did something and it's about to go on screen. I can't wait for everybody to see the big twist. It's going to be great. Nothing wrong will will happen and it'll just work out. So spoilers for the film. This this child has the ability to basically within one split second age by 15 years. And then she can become the adult version of herself. And the only way for her to get back is for her to die. So it's a very uh, screwed up situation. There's a moment in the film where all the music swells up. She's got her fist on the ground, like friggin' Ray in Last Jedi when she's lifting rocks the first time. And it's like got to be this big thing. And then the light expands. She's about to turn. Video freezes for well. what felt like an hour. <laughs> To the point oh. where people started to laugh because they thought it was a comedy bit in the in the film. When it happened, I was like, why did he choose? <laughs> it was the first time I was seeing the film. I was like, that's a weird pause. Why did he? And I remember you were right over my shoulder. I turned and looked at you and I saw your face. And without saying a word, I was like, oh, this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> Oh, I can imagine that I was absolutely livid beyond words. Oh, I get so worked up about that. I, I got to stop getting worked up. But man, it was it sucked. Uh, I'm very thankful that everybody threw that on. And, and I'm very happy that you got an award. And, and we got some other nominations, too. But we did. Holy shit. Well, imagine. Imagine the Luke, I am your father scene. Just going mute. And then you don't know what happened. And then you just sitting there like, oh, Oh, what well, what went wrong? What happened? Uh. The, the first time I watched V for Vendetta was mm. in the theater. And spoilers for V for Vendetta, if you haven't seen it, at the very end when he... You've seen it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. When he is dying outside the train and he's trying to tell her to, like, send it, that, that little scene, his mm-hmm. death scene, the audio cut out in the theater. <laughs> so the first time I watched that movie, I had to watch that super emotional scene in silence. And just figure out what was going on on my own. It was that, great. That that's very like uh, art house. You know, you saw the art, yeah. art house version of that, where no. you, you weren't supposed to know what was going to go on. <laughs> oh man, good times, good times, great times, great movie. Just I had to watch it a second time to understand. <laughs> well, I mean, I was able to piece together. Oh, he's dying. Got it. But Maybe. in terms of dialogue, I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. Could have been a marketing ploy too, where they're like, Hey, we're gonna cut this off so everybody's gonna buy the DVD or come back and see it again. That's smart. It worked. I bought the DVD on launch day. Well, there you it go. worked. <laughs> like, what were they saying? I need to know. You find <laughs> out it's still mute. Um, okay, so uh, we've gone we've gone through sort of your acting career. Then you mentioned earlier you moved to Toronto and, and took on the audition circuit. So a big question of the day, and I think this will start off a really big conversation because I want to pick your brain on this so much because, again, it's even new to me, this whole streaming thing. Despite me being in the demographic of this sort of type of media, sure. I still don't know much about it. So let's talk about the creation of Sergeant Fidget. Where did this name come from? Where this character come from? Was it something that started at the beginning, or did you first start off as, you know, Ryan, and then it changed? So... In my third year of university, the way the acting program worked at my school was there were four shows in the year. The fourth year students, a.k.a. the final year students, do the first show, the second show, and the fourth show. And the third years do the third show, just kind of give the fourth years a break. And then the fourth years come back and do like the big closing show of the year. So our show in my third year... We did the Mad Woman of Shio, where I was cast as the sergeant. 
And then after that show, I ended up getting called up to play a, a, a really big role. I thought it was going to be a, a small role, but it ended up being a, a really, really big role. I think you actually even saw the show. I feel like you actually came to this. It was The Country Wife. I where did. I played Sir Jasper Fidget, where I had like the stick and all that, and I was fidgety all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the only play I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I invited you to it, actually, because we got to reach out to people. And I was like, oh, I remember working with Dylan. I think it was on the zombie yeah. One that we were just talking about. I was like, and I was like, I want to work with that guy again. So I was like, do you want to come and get you a free ticket for the show or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remembered that. No, um, it was great. So while I was working on that show, I bought a PlayStation 3 and I needed a new account name. So I was just at the time, I was like, oh, I just did these two plays or I'm currently doing these two plays. What if I combine the names to get Sergeant Fidget? Sure, that's a fun name. Let's throw that on there. Not <laughs> thinking anything of it at the time. And then th- two and a half, three years later is when I got into Twitch. And I was like, well, I've kind of been using this Sergeant Fidget name for the last few years. I may as well continue on with it. So even from the beginning of my very first stream, I was always Sergeant Fidget. Nice. And then the the mascot that you see i'm currently working on a lot of different ideas with him he 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 has talked he doesn't talk anymore but so the way i just just oh, so, go ahead. just so people know what it is what, what exactly is the mascot of sergeant fidget if, if no, I, I was it. gonna i was gonna get into it oh sorry 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 <laughs> um he's a squirrel he's a he's a little army squirrel and people always ask where did the idea come for this guy and when I was doing the the country wife playing Sir Jasper Fidget, on the very first day, the director gave us uh, like a questionnaire, and we had to fill out all these questions and answers about our character. And one of the questions that we were asked was, "What would be the spirit animal for your character?" And the name is literal, like Sir Jasper Fidget. He was a very fidgety character. Like in in that show, there are clues as to the characters like personality within their actual names. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, what's like a super high, highly energetic fidgety kind of animal. And I said, a squirrel, a squirrel. You, they're so boo, 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 all over the place all the time. So I, again, another thing at the time when I did the questionnaire, I didn't think anything. I was like, Oh, a squirrel. He's a hundred percent a squirrel. And fast forward to when I'm doing some branding and stuff for the stream, I remembered that, and I always wanted to include a lot of my acting background as possible into stream. I think it was something that gave me kind of uh, an edge. Uh, when I when I remember when I first started streaming, even though in terms of an actual streamer, I had no idea what I was doing. I was fortunate that I was very comfortable in front of a camera and just talking to random people so even though it was my first stream i didn't know what i was doing i was already at that comfort kind of level so that's why i meant earlier where a lot of the acting stuff still came into play but when it came to the sergeant i wanted to have i wanted him to be a talking character so i what i was doing at the time was i would come home from work and in between getting home from work and going live i would have two hours give or take usually around two hours though and in that two hours i would 
be cooking dinner in the kitchen, coming into my streaming room, trying to write dialogue or jokes or whatever, going back to the kitchen, cooking, coming in, recording it, editing it all, uploading it to all the stuff that I needed it to do. And then I would do the stream. And after that stream, I needed a whole new set of material for the next day. And it was a huge hit. I was kind of nervous when I did it because I was like, I'm literally going to be talking to a cartoon squirrel. Are people going to be <laughs> like, what is going on in this? I, I just want to watch some video games and this guy is talking to himself. What is happening? <laughs> How did I get here? Is this an ad? What is happening right now? It's a tie ad. Um, oh, God. <laughs> uh, it ended up being a huge hit. But the problem was doing that every day because i was trying to keep the recorded stuff relevant yeah i didn't want to record like a bunch of stuff and you know a month later i'm using like a super outdated joke referencing something that happened like a month ago or whatever i wanted it to be up to date that's why i was doing it on a daily basis but it was so hard to keep up with everything and at the time i was working you know like a lot of streamers would do i would work all day and then come home and stream all night and then maybe get three to four hours sleep and then just do it all again the next day. There were times where I would get I'd be hitting start stream and physically couldn't keep my eyes open because I was just so exhausted. So trying to keep on top of all that, I started falling really behind and I, I, I eventually I had to the way I described it to my viewers was it's like workshopping a play in a fringe show. Right. Like I I tried it. I threw stuff on. I really enjoyed it. The community really enjoyed it. But it was also, it was just so limited. And I, I found what I liked about it. I found what I didn't like about it. So I took it away. You still see like the sergeant, the squirrel. He's, he's still the mascot. You still see him on the channel every day. He's still there. But what I've been working on for the last year is trying to find a way to bring it back to make it more natural. I had a big idea early in 2018 that I was working on, but and I even had the community in, kind of involved but they didn't know what they were doing. I was keeping that away from them because I like to I like surprises. I yeah. like to build up hype and surprise people with fun things. Um, but what I found was I was expanding the idea, but the core problem was still there where it was pre-recorded. There was no wiggle room. There was no room for you know, in the moments kind of fun. Right. So again, once again, it was like, I'm, I'm going to throw this out because even though I know people like it, it's still the same limited problem at the end of the day. So what I've been working on for the last little while and trying to find the right hardware to do it is I want to be able to do it live. Ooh. So if, if something happens, I can react to it and I can like change the scene. So normally for those who have never seen Twitch before, you would see me like in the bottom corner and then the gameplay is behind me, but I would change it. So there'd be like a scene transition. So like the sergeant would take over where I am on the screen and then I could voice him and then go back and forth like a, like a dialogue, even though I'm talking to myself, it's two different characters, which again is where the acting background comes in. And fortunately in this sense, with my sense of humor, I've never had a problem being the butt end of a joke. Sure. I, I always say, if you can't laugh at yourself, don't laugh at others. I'd never have a problem, especially in the terms of like entertainment and just trying to put on a fun show. I don't mind being the fool. So especially whereas I'm literally working with myself, it's easy for me to set up the me be the fool and make the sergeant, the squirrel, kind of the uh, 
sarcastic, sassy little I can't I can't say bad words jerk that he is. <laughs> Put it that way. Cool. That that's interesting. I didn't know that because I I don't think I found you on Twitch until much later. I I, I don't think I was there in the early days of 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 Sergeant. Yeah, Fidget. he he stopped talking on a regular basis. What is it? 2019. Now, I'll say. My God, how long has it been? Sometime in 2018. Okay, cool. No, no, it'd be end of 2017. Because 2018 is when I started working on the other project that didn't work out. Wow. Time flies. Uh, right? Time flies. Wow. Yeah, we're getting I not realize it's been that long. Don't say that. <laughs> we're young. We're young and spry. There you go. Don't worry about it. All right. That is going to do it for part one of our conversation with Ryan Kennedy, a.k.a. Sergeant Fidget. So our next episode, which will be coming out January 31st, which is next Thursday, if you're listening to this on the day of release, we are going to be talking to him about some of the struggles of not only gaining an audience, but maintaining an audience in a platform that is always, always growing. And you could also say very crowded. We talk about when he felt like it started to work, as well as a lot more in the whole streaming world on Twitch. My name is Dylan Grown. This has been Down to the Point. We will see you on the next episode as we continue our conversation with Ryan Kennedy, a.k.a. Sergeant Fidget. We'll see you then.